Today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Earlier this week, if you were listening, we were chatting about telecommuting. People who have decided, you know what, I have had enough of the cubicle, I've had enough of the office, I've had enough of the city. My dream is that I now, with technology, with the internet, with everything else, I can now have the ability to live up at the cottage and work from the cottage. I don't have to be chained to my desk anymore. I can sit on the dock with the Wi-Fi going, with the laptop on me. I can take an hour-long break to go water skiing, maybe throw a line in the water while I'm between work. Instead of a coffee break, I'm going to have a 15-minute fishing break. It, it, it sounds delightful. It sounds fantastic. And when we talked to someone who had just done this, he gave us no indication that this was not as amazing as it sounded. However, as we talked about this, and then I went back to my desk afterwards and looked online and started actually looking at cottages, motivated, not really to buy it, more curious. I discovered the slight little fly in the ointment. That being cottage prices are going through the roof. If you think Hamilton house prices are skyrocketing, which they are, you ain't seen nothing. According to a report last week, cottage prices across Canada have gone up an average of 13% in the past year alone. 13%. In the Kawartha Lakes area, that number is 14.3%. Down in the Niagara-on-the-Lake area, 16.7% for cottages. That is a higher increase than you will get in the Hamilton market. And we know that this is considered a crazy market right now. So... I guess this means, I would think this means that if you don't already own a vacation property, the chances of getting one are maybe now out of your reach. I don't know if they are or not, but certainly it's getting more difficult. It's getting pricier. You're going to have to dig deeper to get one. Joe Fincham is a broker with Perry Sound Muskoka Realty Limited uh, in Magnetowan. He joins us now. Joe, how are you today? Well, not too shabby, but it's actually John. Uh, John, I apologize. I wrote Joe down. I apologize for that, John. Uh, Thanks for being here. Uh, You know, as I go online and I start looking at the real estate market up in your area, and I was up there a couple weeks ago, and there was a couple in Bob Cajun, and there were a few real estate shops on the street, and you stop and you look at the prices. Uh, There are tons of beautiful properties up there, many of them for sale. I don't find too many bargains, though. No, no. If it if it's a decent property, there, there's no bargains to be had. If it looks like there's a bargain, there's a, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> even the yeah. even the handyman specials though are not cheap. You're not you're not finding even a beaten down, falling apart cottage that you would have to wipe out and rebuild again just for the land. If it's on waterfront, you're not finding anything cheap. No, no, because the developers are buying those and they're using the the legal non-conforming footprints and, and, and building something new and then flipping it. So um, if it's on a good lake uh, and it's a decent lot, you know, hold tight. It's going to be scary. John, when did this happen? When did it all of a sudden start to really take off? Because there was a time when cottages were a very middle class or even lower middle class in some cases thing that was affordable. When did it change? Yeah. Well, in a real sense, maybe four or five years ago, the, the market swung quickly. And a lot of it was foreign buyers. Uh, we sell credit mm. to out-of-country folks. 
um, who wanted cottage. And so that put a new uh, a new spin on things, you know, new people to the market, which pushed prices. And then uh, a great deal of the folks that we sell to are people that want to retire up here. So they use it, you know, for a cottage now. They work at other cottage and eventually want to semi-retire to the cottage and then fully retire to the cottage. So I think it's, uh, you know, demographics are playing a huge role. Yeah, there are, there are many stories you can find online right now that have been written recently that are either crediting or blaming, depending on your point of view, uh, <laughs> the retiring baby boomers for this surge that are saying they Absolutely. are the ones who are really pushing the prices. It, it is, and it's also, there's a big chasm, too, with properties now. So you are setting the increases in the market, and uh, the caveat to put to that are would be that the uh, the properties with you know gentle slope to the water that have uh, wife they have good internet access you know on, on big water they're surging the ones that you know have a thousand stairs down uh, they're they're not going up the same because of that because of the age group of the people that are buying so so there's a there's a huge spread uh, happening. So no one is putting in, no one elderly is putting in those, ride those chairs up the stairwell <laughs> thing from... <laughs> they are to a point. It's not, it's not their, their go-to, you know, situation. So it happens, but it's not, not as common as what you might think. The, the thing that's interesting about this, so it, assuming, uh, understanding the situation now, so you've got this glut of baby boomers and others who are buying these, and the market is very tight as a result, and the demand is low, so the, or the supply is low, so demand is high, prices go up. Yeah. But baby boomers are a certain age, and I'm not wishing any ill on any of them, but the reality is we all know how life works. There's going to come a time, whether it's 15, 20, 25, 30 years that they are going to be gone, should we then look at this and say, this is a moment in time where buying a cottage is really difficult, but in 20 years, there is going to be a glut of cottages that flow back on the market because many of these baby boomers are going to be gone. Yeah, I've I've pondered that scenario, actually, but I I don't think it's going to come to fruition because all of the new Canadians coming in, that's a, that's a completely different stream of people purchasing in all different ages. So that's taking up uh, anything that would uh, come like that, I would think. And the other thing you have to keep in mind is when, when they're buying these cottages, they're putting them lots of times in their kids' names too. Like they're looking for family compounds that are going to be handed down, handed down, handed down. And so they go to their accountants some of them do it as a trust, some of them do it, you know, many different ways. But they, the reason there's not as many for sale is a lot of folks are trying to keep them within the family. So it's really, you know, putting a stranglehold on inventory. You mentioned about how they put them in their kids' names. That's an interesting one because I, I was reading something the other day that second homes or vacation homes are taxable assets. And so if, if I die and leave it to my kids in the will... The house, the cottage is valued by somebody. Let's say it's a million dollar cottage. I have to pay capital gains on that, which could be a couple hundred thousand dollars if I want to take that. That becomes <laughs> or a, a couple million, depending on the cottage. No, but I'm talking about the amount of taxes that I would then have to pay out from that, right. and and so that becomes very difficult for a lot of people. They get stuck in this position now. I either have to sell it or I have to find two or three hundred thousand dollars in taxes. If you put it in your kid's name ahead of time, I guess that gets around that. Well, I'm, I'm not an accountant, but uh, I know from experience that a lot of people will put it in, in a combination of names. Usually their kids are untitled as well, and uh, perhaps that's why. 
even if that wasn't the case, though, even if the person passes away and has left it to their child or children and it's going to cost 200000 in taxes and the child decides that he or she cannot keep it, they're still not going to put it up on the market for dimes on the dollar. They're still going to be asking no. for a big price. Absolutely, without, without question. And why would they? do anything but that because uh, you know when, when when the supply is so low, like you said and the demand is so high it uh, it really puts a strain on things um you know we have uh you know situations where people have you know money to spend and they literally can't find they literally can't find the cottages that make sense to them and, it, and they get frustrated because you know eight years ago you know you'd look at you know here's six cottages that meet our criteria we'll pick what's the pick of the litter and now they're waiting for me to call them to say, here, one just came up on the market, you know, start your car, come and, and take a look at it. So it's completely shifted the market. Um, if the days on market are long, generally it's either priced crazy or, you know, there's a fatal flaw. You know, there's a, a buried nuclear reactor they're not telling you about. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's an issue there. Yeah. There are three-headed fish being caught just it's outside the front of the cottage. We use that as a clue. You know, if a fish globe. Mm, if you can't recognize what it is you brought in, it's probably a bad sign. Has the expectation... You should be in real estate. Yeah, exactly. John, has the expectation also of what a cottage is, has that changed? It has because uh, of the age group once again. You know, when I was young, and I'm actually not that old, I'm only 52, but a cottage was a very basic structure that you went in. It was one up from, from camping, Yeah. you know, you know. but now... None of the plates you know, matched, none of the cutlery <laughs> matched, the carpets were stained, they had sand in them. Yeah, I know exactly what you, uh, you mean. You know, and, and oftentimes it was an outhouse. But now, <laughs> you know, it, it's completely different. They're more like uh, rustic homes. Uh, depending on the lake you're on and the price point, it's completely shifted. And uh, it's also putting, people have to keep in mind, it's putting the carrying costs up because now you've got a, an assessment, uh, an average cottage is, you know, it's pretty pricey now. On on, a, on the big lakes, if you can get on for under 800000 you're doing good. Wow. Uh, on the smaller lakes, you know, a, a decent starter cottage is 400 So... You know, and it's going to be ugly in some ways. You know. <laughs> wow. And if people if people are buying, if they can find one of those old rustic Spartan cottages like we used to have in the '60s, '70s, early '80s, even if they can buy those, are they keeping those, or are they generally buying those simply to knock them down and put up a nicer one? A lot of times, what they do is they make it, you know, livable or what they consider livable for a few years, and then. Uh, when they can afford it, then they'll tear it down, you know, rebuild on that footprint and, and go from there. But I, I, I tell people now, if, you, if you're in the market, buy something ugly on a decent lot, you know, that's structurally reasonable. And, and that's the only way that regular folks can get into the market, uh, you know, uh, in my opinion. You know, buy something that, that's maybe got paneling from the 70s and that ugly shag carpet, or, you know what I mean? But it's livable, it's usable, and the lot is decent. You know, you can't change that lot. So, you know, that's a good way to crack the market. You know, use it and then either work on it or eventually tear it down, but at least it gets you in. Well, there's one other thing with this, too, that strikes me, and that is once upon a time, uh, if you decided you wanted to buy a place and live up there in the winter, if you were going to make it your home as opposed to just mm-hmm. your cottage, um, you were basically going to be going all Walden Pond on everybody. I mean, in the wintertime when the snow came, you're reading books or you're <laughs> snowshoeing 
and you're a hermit because it's you're not going to get in, you're not going to get out, and you're just going to be sitting there with a f- crackling fire, and that's pretty much it. Uh, now with you know wireless internet and with solar panels and with every you know th- other technologies, it can be it's very comfortable to live up there now very easily. Absolutely, it's completely changed the game. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't recognize the average cottage if somebody time warped. <laughs> From the uh, 80s to now, you wouldn't recognize the, the changes. It's, it's unbelievable. So, John, what do you do? I'm, I'm, let's say I'm a 30, 35-year-old guy with a young family, and it's always been our dream to own a cottage somewhere. What do I do now? What, what, or do I just say, you know what, I find a new goal because this is out of reach? Yeah, well, you have to be realistic. I don't consider cottages, even though the market's going up, a good investment from a money point of view because you've got carrying costs. Um, you know... You have to keep in mind that there's always going to be maintenance, there's always going to be taxes. Uh, you know, so even though the market's going up huge, from an actual dollar point of view, don't you know? Don't think of it. That I don't think that's a good mindset. I mean, maybe for your soul, it's a good investment, but maybe not for your pocketbook. So, if you want to get in on the market, a smaller lake, like I said, with an ugly cottage, will get you in on the market, and then you can always sell it and move up if you want. But if it's strictly uh, uh, an investment, don't do it. And can you look north? Everybody wants to be within a couple hours. If you go four hours north, do you find deals still? Well, I wouldn't consider them a deal because if you ever go to sell, the days on market are very high. Anything over just over three hours from GTA is sort of like a psychological wall with people. So... Um, you know, if you look farther north than that, they might be a little bit cheaper, but they're not as liquid. So if you go to sell them, you know, it could be a long, long time because you've got a very small percentage of the population that wants to do that. There are some I beautiful caution people to go north. There are some beautiful places just no, just south of the North Pole, though I understand that are available <laughs> with great skating, <laughs> with great skating, and, and good you know water lines. Although it's frozen all year, uh, John yeah. Fincham from the uh, Perry Sound Muskoka Realty Limited. Really appreciate the time today. Thanks so much for doing this. Not a problem. Take care. It is, uh, it is a little distressing. If you are someone who would love to get a cottage, look, if you're someone who is younger and trying to get a cottage and a home at the same time in the Hamilton area and then somewhere in the Muskoka or Kawartha area, oh, you are screwed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unless you win the lottery or have some great medical settlement, you are in a lot of trouble. Got to find one or the other. If you own a house in Hamilton, though, and a cottage in the Kawarthas, oh, please call me and be my friend. Because you are suddenly a king or a queen. You are sitting on gold mines. It is, uh, it is a market, both markets, changing rapidly. We think of one, we don't often think about the other one. Which is why we rent. Because that's all we can afford. And I don't have to look after a cottage all summer then. Which I'm very, very bad at. Let someone else do the hard work. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.